Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Armchair Survivalist. My name is Kurt Wilson. I'm the Armchair Survivalist, and today's date is April the 5th in the year 2020. And again, welcome to my show. If you well, if you listen to me, obviously you know one at least one way to listen to me, but if you go to armchairsurvivalist.com, there's numerous ways to listen to me. You can listen in the chat room. Uh, you just click on it, and the little link there, and it'll take you to the chat room. And, and if you want to log in, you can uh, communicate to whoever's in the chat room at the same time. I scroll down on any page at armchairsurvivalist.com, and you'll see at the bottom all the different podcast ways. And there's even a way you can listen on your on your phone to me. Uh, I'm on every podcast. I don't care. It could be iHeartRadio, uh, Pandora, you, you name it. I'm I'm, I'm there somewhere. Or on the left-hand side of armchairsurvivalist.com, you see the little white nipper dog listening to the RCA Victor Gramophone. You click on that, and that'll take you to a, a list of all the different shows I've done. Click on any one you want, download it, listen to it, what have you. Anyway, i, I got to cut this short because i got a lot of things to tell you and not much time. Uh, a little news about Survival Enterprises. I've told you this before. We, we carry uh, walking sticks, canes. Now, these are not just normal canes. Uh, these are defensive canes. They're made by cold steel. It doesn't mean they have a knife in them or anything. It just means that they're, uh, shall we say, sturdy as hell. We have those. Okay, we got that. Uh, we still can't take credit card or debit cards. They're still, they're still screwing around trying to get it set up. They're trying to, but we do take your checks off via the phone we can do that uh, we got set up by our bank as uh, a really interesting security system and we can call uh, you call us and and uh, tell us what you want to do what you want to buy and we get your information and, and we can do that all right now we are being limited my formulator for a lot of our nutritional products contacted us oregano oil ultimate daily vitamin immune booster we're out of ultimate daily we're out of immune boost there is no none coming in the foreseeable future because we use uh, an oregano oil that comes directly out of Turkey. It is the strongest on earth, and it's not being shipped. There's there's a problem in the shipping, so there's nothing coming, so I'm not getting any. Whatever I, whatever I have left, I have left. If you guys know what it is, if you know what oregano oil is, you better get some. At least get a bottle of it so you can use it and save it. Go to survivalenterprises.com, se1.us, and you can uh, check on the health department, and then you can scroll down and see all the stuff we got. Okay, now, we also have in some of the .02 Sawyer antivirus water filtering systems. These have been around. There's tens of thousands of these things being used in Africa and and, uh, South America. You you have to get a food-grade bucket. And this kit comes with a drill bit that you use to cut a hole in the bucket. Then you hook everything up. And the filtering mechanism itself is back flushable. So it'll last you the rest of your life. And you can pour any water from anything in there. And it'll take out all known pathogens. Everything from an amoeba uh, to a uh, coronavirus. And I mean that seriously. This is real. Uh, they're 150 bucks each, and what I have, I think I have like six left in stock, and that's all I can get for now. It's not as if I don't want them. It's just that the supply line for everything in the world is uh, closing down. All right, so we got to get directly into the what I'm going to be talking about. We're, first, we're starting with the category of the economy because I have different categories, right? Economy, health, and food. Unfortunately, now I have another category called the Wuhan virus. Then I have the liberal psychosis, government threat, Trump, and then uh, 
if I have time, I'll be talking about something else. So in the economy, now Rush Limbaugh said this this week. It took a worldwide pandemic. It took a 35% drop in the stock market. It took six feet of social distancing, which, by the way, the the uh, old saying, I wouldn't touch him with a six-foot pole, comes into play now. It took quarantining. It took many small businesses closing. It took canceling practically everything to bring the U.S. economy back to the Obama high mark. In other words, where we are now with the economy shut down, Obama was proud of it. Uh, in the past two months, and these are just a couple things I just want to say. In the past two months, and I've done the addition, over one million people have been laid off. Over one million. And of course, politicians want, well, the Democrats, apparently. That's just an apparently. That's what seems to be real. But it seems to me that all politicians want more people out of business. So they're doing everything they can to shut it down. And all of this this stimulus money that's come out that's supposed to be helping small businesses, you know, it's not going to do a damn thing for me. Mom, pop businesses, family businesses, this isn't going to do anything for us in any way, shape, or form. Okay, so the news comes out on the closings of all these different businesses. Macy's is going to lay off, they call it furlough, 130,000 employees. Macy's has been going out of business now for the past 10 years. This is just going to be an excuse for them to fold. Within a couple months, they're probably going to be nothing more than a mail-order catalog company. It's the same with the other big places like JCPenney's. They've been having problems, the same thing. So we're going to see business as usual isn't going to exist anymore. Not after this. Not after this. Uh, there's even news that came out that the uh, U.S. Post Office could shut down by June unless they get special uh, money. They're not making money. You know, they're not making money. And they're laying off a lot of people, which is bad for us, survival enterprises, because we do a lot of shipping. So instead of having the, a standard postal clerk that comes out, a mail lady comes out, we're going to have substitutes. they got to get rid of the people that are full-time and only bring out part-time people, which apparently means, in the case of government agencies, like the post office, it means they only use their mind part-time. They can't figure out what address is what, so they just pile everything in a batch and hand it to you, if they remember to give it to you. The other thing that's going to be a a, uh, problem of this so-called Wuhan virus closed shutdown is the news industries. Newspapers, magazines, they're toast. There is nobody buying them. There's nobody buying them. I buy it every Wednesday because that's when the food ads come out. The West Point facility of the U.S. Mint shut down. Now, that's the place that that makes the majority of the silver and gold bullion that's sold all throughout the United States. You know, like the Silver Eagles. All of this is shut down. Things are happening that you're going to see the effect of in weeks to a month or two from now. This mint shut down. That's where people were buying all their silver. It ain't happening no more. And after this is all done, this guy is a mathematician that works for a restaurant, uh, uh, an organization. I I forgot the name of the organization. But they evaluate the possibility of income from restaurants. Now, restaurants are rated at seats. How many seats in a restaurant? How many people can you seat in a restaurant? And normal restaurants, you're talking about anywhere from 50 to 100 people. Well, now, after all of this is done and said, he's thinking, well, now nobody's going to want to be rubbing shoulders with anybody, so they're going to have to space out the seating. So these restaurants that were seating 50 people are now going to be seating 30. 
which is going to cut into their profit margin. So, and it's not just restaurants. You ever go to a casino and play blackjack? They got uh, most tables seat six to eight people. Well, they're they're going to have to change that. People aren't going to want to sit things like that. So it was just just some thoughts on on uh, the mathematics of what's coming up with businesses. We have had a massive surge of unemployment of applications in in two weeks. In two weeks, over ten million people have applied for unemployment. In two weeks alone, the jobless rate is going to go be so. They're they're just evaluating that. Oh, it could probably go to thirty or thirty two percent. Could go thirty to thirty two percent. Well, let's see. Now, in a database, another database hacked. In fact, it wasn't hacked. It was just exposed. Somebody went to a cloud and was poking around on the cloud and discovered over two hundred million names with personal information on this cloud. This is why I warn you, everyone that listens to me, do not allow your private information on a cloud, quote unquote. Any information, if you can stop it, do so. I got kicked out of another doctor's office the other day because they wanted to ask me all of these questions. And I said, well, where's your database stored with all of these answers? Oh, we use Amazon's cloud. I said, goodbye. You're noticing gasoline change? The price of gasoline going down? This morning, my son tells me it's $1.89 a gallon. They're looking at it dropping down to at least a dollar a gallon throughout the United States. Well, we'll see what happens with that. Oh, there's um, some misinformation, and this is what we're getting a lot of. Not, not just hoax on the internet, not just hoax and frauds, but we're getting misinformation. And somebody come out and said, oh, you can tell what country uh, a product is made by understanding how to read a barcode. Well, that's wrong. You can't tell what country it's made in because the U.S. government has decided we don't have the right to know what where something's made. So th- this um, whoever is putting this data out, this misinformation, says, okay, you can tell by the beginning of this barcode, it'll tell you here what country it's made in. No, it doesn't tell you what country it's made in. It tells you what country the main, the head of the company lives in, right? So if corporate offices are in China, it's going to say China there. That doesn't mean that's where it's made. That means where the corporate offices are. But then again, you know, if, if it says China, who cares if it's made there? The corporate offices are there. They're enemies of America anyway. I, I have some information that I'm going to read to you guys. It came from an uh, Israeli intelligence officer. He's an acquaintance of mine. This guy knows what he's talking about. I can't tell you anything other than that, Okay. But I'm going to read to you what he sent me. In intelligence gathering, you look for illogical uh, assumptions or things that, that happen that are not logical. And this drives my wife crazy when I do this because that's what I do. When some when somebody says, oh, look at what they're doing. I said, no, that's not logical. There's, there's something going wrong there. Well, it's called an, an illogic. And he's talking about these illogics with this whole thing. The first illogic of the situation is that most media only cover one disease. They broadcast the information on the disease on television, radio networks, and social media 24-7. But a datum can be evaluated only by a datum of comparable magnitude. You follow? Currently, there are diseases that we're all aware of, and the fatal outcome associated with them is no lower. This year alone, over the past three months, we've had the following death rate. Now, this is three months, okay? 
3.2 million people have died of contagious diseases. 3.2 million. This is not counting the Wuhan virus. 2 million people have died of cancer. 422,000 people died of AIDS. 122,000 died of seasonal flu. And you can find this out by going to worldometers.info. World, O-M-E-T-E-R-S dot info. Obviously, nobody's interested in these diseases because this is old news and it wouldn't create such a panic. Who benefits from the panic? You've heard the saying, follow the money. These disturbing elements are the merchants of chaos. They deal in confusion and upset. Their daily bread is made by creating chaos. If chaos were to lessen, so would their incomes. The politician, the reporter, the drug manufacturer, the militarist and arms manufacturer, the police and the undertaker to name the leaders of the list fatten only upon the dangerous environment. Even individuals and family members can be merchants of chaos. It's to their interest to make the environment seem as threatening as possible, for only then can they profit. Their incomes, force, and power rise in direct ratio to the amount of threat they can inject into the surroundings. With that threat, they can extort revenue, appropriations, heightened circulations, and recompense without question. These are the merchants of chaos. If they did not generate it and buy and sell it, they would, they suppose, be poor or lose power. And he illustrates this quote with a, an example from the 2009-2010 swine influenza. And in this, and I don't, I don't want to read the whole thing, a, a German uh, deputy discovered that this whole swine flu was created by the World Health Organization and pharmaceutical companies. Totally 100% created. Now, the second illogic lies in the action taken to fight the coronavirus. Countries shut off their borders, closed workplaces, and places of recreation. People are advised to keep the minimum distance between one another or just stay home. The psychological damage, emotional distress, and economic costs associated with such measures are fully neglected. However, these actions will devastate many people's lives. And thirdly, and this was strange, but I'll tell you why. Very few mass media talk about boosting the immune system and the factors that may depress it in the first place. They only talk of medicine, vaccines, and isolation. Nobody talks about healthy nutrition, vitamins, and sport, or the stress caused by emotional or physical suppression. This I got from him, and I'm giving it to you guys. Uh, Basically, and what I mentioned about the last part, where they don't talk about boosting the immune system. I've heard two reports and read one white paper from two different virologists who are saying that the people that are getting sick are compromised. Their immune system is compromised one way or the other. And the media is putting forward these people who said, yeah, I was in perfect health and yet I got it. Well, when you go back and check, they were not in perfect health. They had some kind of a compromised situation. One of them had asthma. Oh, but it was only light asthma. That's, that's what he said. So we're back again to your immune system has to be as powerful as possible. I don't know what the end game is on this whole thing, but it's making people start to think a little bit more. And we'll get into that in a little bit. Now, I've got some news for you that I guarantee you're not going to see in the newspapers. Uh, I know this for a fact. The NRA has laid off over 75 of its supervisory management positions. 
the the NRA has an organization called uh, within it called the Friends of the NRA. And what the Friends of the NRA do is they go out in all the different states and different counties and different cities, and they hold Friends of the NRA dinners. And you buy tickets, you go to the dinners, uh, you bid on donated guns and dogs and things and all kinds of stuff. They have live auction, silent auction. It is a lot of fun. I mean, it's a hell of a lot of fun. I know people who walk away. You buy t- you buy tickets, right, for a drawing. I've I know people who have walked away with over two thousand dollars of shotguns and rifles, free. Of course, you have to go through your local uh, firearms dealer to to receive them. But anyway, because most states have canceled meetings of ten or more people, the NRA has canceled all of the activity of the friends of the NRA. They said, uh, well, we don't need the supervisors anymore, so they dumped a bunch of them. So even the NRA is feeling uh, the bite, so to speak. Uh, we had an earthquake up here in Idaho. Uh, it was felt in five states. It was a 6.2. And my brother and I were talking about this earthquake thing the other day. And it's there are a thousand, there were over 700 earthquakes in the past uh, 24 hours in the Idaho area, Idaho, Utah, Wyoming. And Texas had over a thousand earthquakes, and I don't want to go on further, but there are thousands of earthquakes happening all over the world, ten times more, not giant ones, just little little things. And I asked my brother, "What do you think is causing all of that?" And he said, "Well, it's it's the flywheels out of balance." I go, "What?" Those those of you who are mechanics, flywheel is a big steel plate that has gears along the rim of it, and your starter motor engages this flywheel and spins it, and that's how you start your car. Well, the flywheel has to be balanced. Otherwise, it could throw the motor out of balance like a out-of-balance washing machine, literally. And the way they balance a flywheel is they drill holes in it to remove some of the metal. Well, what's happening on Earth is that the flywheel, in other words, the balancing mechanism that the Earth has been used to for the past hundred years has changed dramatically. In other words, humankind has been moving all over the Earth and congregating in certain areas, then going to other areas, and traveling, and blah, blah, blah. Well, that ain't happening now. So the earth is having to find its own balance. It is like when you're sailing, and you're on a, on a yacht, and it's in a race, and there's like 15 or 20 crew members, and you need to do a 45-degree turn. Everybody will run to the other side of the, of the uh, sailboat to counterbalance the centrifugal force being forced upon the, sh- the ship as it turns. Well, that's what's happening. That's Anyway, that's our hypothesis, be it as it may. All right, now we're going to get into the category of health and food. Now, and, and I, it just might be redundant to say this, but I've been asked to tell people, you know, if you're using these disinfectant wipes in your house, do not put them in your toilet. Throw them in a the garbage can. They're not toilet paper. They're not going to dissolve. They end up going to the water treatment plant and jamming up the, the uh, fins in the propellers. Do not flush your disinfectant wipes. Put them in the garbage. Now, let's see. Millions of Americans are going to be losing their health insurance in the coming month. It's already started. This is, this is, I wish I knew what the end game was, but a lot of you are going to be losing health insurance. But the good thing is, if you need to get a test for the Wuhan virus, that's going to be free at any medical uh, applications given to you uh, is going to be free paid by for the government 
by itself. Okay, so you don't have to worry about that. If you if you think you you have the disease, if you think you have the, the shortness of breath and pneumonia and temperatures, and you've lost the sense of smell and taste, you go get yourself checked. It's 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 on the government. They're going to pay for it. There was a video, and I know everybody wants to help. So this doctor comes out and he does this video and he says, this is what you got to do when you buy fruits and vegetables at the store. And he shows bringing fruits and vegetables home and filling up the sink. He just fills up the sink with, with water. And then he adds dishwashing detergent to that. And that's when I stopped. <sighs> because dishwashing detergent is actually toxic. To a certain degree, dishwash, normal dishwashing detergent is toxic. You do not use soap to wash your vegetables and fruit. First thing, if you're going to wash your vegetables and fruit, and you'd be a fool not to do this, we've been doing it since I was a little kid, the first thing you do is use a cleanser and clean out the sink you're going to use. And I mean scour it. And then rinse it good, then fill it with cool water. It doesn't have to be cold, not hot, definitely not. I mean, use some common sense. How do you think you make soup? You throw vegetables in hot water. Cool water in a clean sink, and then either just let the stuff soak in in the water, or you use a soap like we have at Survival Enterprises called Pure Soap. It's all it's made by it's made from plants, and you use that, and you can wash your your vegetables and your fruits, and rinse them off, and they're clean, and they've taken all of the toxins and pesticides and herbicides and and strange sides all off of it. But don't use normal soap, period. Now, I mentioned the symptoms of the Wuhan virus lightly. Something came to my attention this week, and it's been, and it's, not, it's been all over the place. But it just came to my attention was that the symptoms of the, the, the Wuhan virus are similar to the symptoms of zinc deficiency, the symptoms of the virus is dry cough, zinc deficiency, chronic cough, the uh, Wuhan virus, nausea, fever, back pain, abdominal dis- discomfort, diarrhea, loss of smell, loss of appetite, fatigue, arterial fibrillation. Okay, you look at zinc deficiency, chronic cough, nausea, fever, chronic pain, abdominal cramping, loose stool, uh, altered or loss of taste and smell. You get the idea? Zinc. Now, there is some of the drugs that they're creating now to fight the virus actually have zinc in them because they're realizing zinc is a necessity to kill a virus. But if you take it prior to that, prior to getting the virus, the, the theory is you won't get it. Take that as it is. You know, we sell zinc. We sell diff- There's different types of zinc. There's liquid zinc. There's uh, uh, capsules. There's There's pills. There's sublinguals that go into the tongue. I don't care where you get it, but get zinc and start taking it. Don't overtake it. You can create uh, bad symptoms if you take too much zinc. Find out what the approved doses is and start doing it. A new blood test came out that can detect 50 types of cancer. It's a, it's unique how it does this. And I'll let you figure it out because I'm not going to take the time to explain it. Now... If you go to armchairsurvivalist.com, on the left-hand side, you'll see show notes. If you click on that, it'll take you to a page that gives you the dates of my shows and a little synopsis, a one-sentence one, uh, synopsis of what I was talking about, which is hard to do because you get more news from me in one hour than you'll get from any news station in a whole week. 
But you go there. Like, say, you want to find out what this new blood test is. Well, you go to show notes, and you'll find the show notes for the 5th of April. And you click on that, and it'll take you to a page that lists all of my links. And this will be one of the links to where you can read about it and see what I'm talking about. There are the distribution center uh, uh, systems. They're breaking down. There's not even a question about that. I'm having problems here at Survival Enterprises. I can't get any of my products that that involved a very powerful antimicrobial, the uh, oregano oil. Now, I can get all the colloidal silver I want. I, in fact, we just got um, about 4,000 pounds. You know, water weighs 8 pounds a gallon. Colloidal silver weighs about 8.5 pounds per gallon. And I, we just unloaded a whole pallet of the stuff, and I, I can't do that anymore. Yeah, got a little muscle spasm. So we're having trouble getting stuff. Everybody's having trouble getting stuff. You go to the store. And you walk in and it says, you can uh, limit one bag of potatoes, limit one bunch of bananas, limit this, limit that. It's because the distribution center is breaking down. You can, it'll be explained. You can go there. You can read about it. You can figure it out yourself. But I'll tell you something. Now, I've played some links from the Ice Age farmer. His name's Christian. And I'm, I've, got a, I've got three different clips here that I'm going to play in a row. Ladies and gentlemen... This is real. This breakdown of the distribution system. This is real, and it's going to get worse. This is the time in my life that I wish to hell I was wrong. You you heard the clip I played of Cliff High a few shows back where he broke down crying, saying he wishes he was wrong. I wish I was wrong. But for years, I've sold food. I've told everyone to stock up and be ready because something's going to happen. I didn't think it would happen this quick, but it's happening now. It's just a pain in the butt right now, but that pain in the butt is going to start hemorrhaging very, very shortly. Ladies and gentlemen, this is an emergency broadcast because the future of our food supply and our food security depends on what you and I do today. From Reuters, in Brazil, Farming Lobby is warning that due to the inability to ship their goods to market, due to the inability to find labor to do the harvest, and due to shortages of farm equipment and parts, their grains and coffee and sugarcane production is being severely affected. They're not able to do what they need to do to harvest their crops and get them to market. Remember this article from Bloomberg? Oh, there's plenty of food in the world, but we're not able to get it where it's needed. And they talk about how logistics failures are causing these supply shortages, and we're doing everything we can to fix this. But in fact, that's not the case. In Argentina, we read that they are clamping down. More than 70 of their municipalities have clamped down explicitly on the movement of farm produce. This is completely contrary to the cover story. They are precluding people from getting the supplies they need to grow food, and they are preventing that food from getting to market. This is affecting their soybean deliveries that go to crushing plants where they turn those into soy meal, which is one of the primary sources of animal feed. This in turn will have tremendous effects on the price and availability of all sorts of meat sources. It's not just the production itself and the farmers and the ranchers that are being affected and will continue to be affected by this. It's also the processing plants and the packaging plants, everything downstream from that. Staff are walking out of their jobs despite having been designated as critical parts of our infrastructure. For instance, here in Ireland, staff at ABP and Moy Park sites are walking out due to their virus concerns. Those companies are two of Northern Ireland's biggest food processing sites. 
and they've walked off the job. That means that food is not getting created for you. That means those shelves are going to stay empty. That's happening everywhere. There are tons of reports about it. Here's another one. Here in the United States, Purdue Farms workers are walking out due to their concerns over the virus. From the article, quote, 50 workers at Purdue Farms plant in Georgia have walked off of their job as of Monday because they don't feel safe thanks to the panic around this pandemic. While Purdue says, quote, we're doing everything we can to take care of our associates and we're desperately trying to continue to produce safe and reliable food. But now they are not. Now no one is producing that food for you. You're going to have to do it yourself. Remember also these labor shortages. We just saw this article, last video from Germany, where they say our asparagus is rotting in the fields because we don't have the seasonal workers here. We've closed our borders. We don't have our migrant workers that are here to harvest our crops. And farmers are worrying about major crop losses. So how are countries reacting to that? Well, they're also stopping exporting food. We've been anticipating this for years now as the crop losses have escalated through the grand solar minimum. I have some commenters saying, Christian, I'm tired of this virus, scared, nonsense you're putting out. When are you going to get back to the grand solar minimum? Ladies and gentlemen, this is the grand solar minimum. This is the natural consequence of the escalating crop failures and the threats to our food security to the point where shelves had started being empty. They had to have something happen to lock down the food supply and take control of the situation. And now they've induced also a demand shock in addition to the supply shock we were already entering into. And we expected countries to stop exporting as soon as, basically as soon as shit got real. And now it's real. And so they're no longer exporting. We saw Russia halt their exports of grains. And from Bloomberg, countries are creeping towards food protectionism. You don't do that unless there are shortages, unless there are something they expect to have happen. And then we can see it. It's easy to expect that because we can see it happening. A growing number of countries are signing pledges to resist export controls, but some countries are leaning in the other direction because they can see what's happening. What does that look like? Well, France is desperately trying to assemble a shadow army of fruit pickers given their huge amounts of unemployed people. Why don't we get those people out in the fields? That's exactly what they're doing. France on Tuesday appealed to workers who are laid off by the coronavirus crisis to help farmers pick fruit and vegetables vegetables that will otherwise be left to rot in the fields due to the shortage of seasonal workers because our borders are closed. The United Kingdom doing the same thing, calling to resurrect the land army from World War II to help farming industry during this pandemic. And we read a little bit of history here. A new land army, which during the Second World War, 80,000 women were joining this land army to help cover labor shortages in agriculture and keep the nation fed. Remember the We Can Do It, the iconic images of women in factories in the United States? Well, that was happening, of course, in the United Kingdom, too, where women were drafted effectively into agriculture to make sure that food production was maintained, that we could continue to feed both the troops and the country. And so now this MP is saying we need to get some of these thousands of people who've been laid off in this lockdown and we need to get them out in the fields harvesting food because we don't have our seasonal workers. Surely here in the United States we're doing the same thing. We've got people who need work. We've got farmers who need help. Can we connect the dots here? No, we cannot because we are under attack. This is siege warfare and there are people who are desperately trying to take total control over the food supply to get homesteaders and small farms and business owners out of the equation so that they own everything from their robotic indoor vertical farms straight through to the retail that Whole Foods and Amazon with their drones delivering it to your doorstep because you're locked down. They would love to keep this going as long as possible and they are. California now using Chinese-made patrol drones armed with night vision 
to make sure that no one ever leaves their house, let alone work in your garden. No, this is blasphemy. You will stay in your lockdown and you will eat our cockroach milk. In fact, the mayor of Los Angeles is going so far as to say, if you fail on your own prerogative to shut down your non-essential businesses and operations, fine, we'll just turn off your power and your water. Good luck. This is it's siege warfare. It can be no more clear. So rather than connecting those dots and making sure that the U.S. food production continues, now we're introducing as many additional hurdles and barriers and regulations and problems as possible. And that's why food pantries are shutting down. We see a quarter of the food pantries in Chicago, according to this report, have shut down just within the last two weeks. It's 112 of them. And people, as we see here, are calling us really really scared because these people need food and their short-term food security already is at risk. Farmers are hurting too. I have heard from dozens of ranchers and farmers and small producers who are hurting in various ways. Here is just one, Rex, who was a supplier to Denver restaurants that are all shut down now. So that's 80% of his business lost off the top. He's got meat that he needs to sell for his operation. And he says, I need your help. That's why I've been emphasizing in my past few videos, align with local farmers and ranchers, people close to you, because that's where we can make the biggest difference is in our neighborhoods. Find these people. They need your help. They need your support. They may even need your labor on their operation. And if you're out of, out of a job, what better way to, to connect these things? Go uh, ensure your own food production and help them out. Um, there are plenty of farmers who would love to get direct-to-market arrangements because the markets they had been servicing, whether due to shipping failures or the restaurants shutting down or whatever, this is complete chaos right now, and they have food that needs to find its way to people's mouths. The cover story from DHS is that food production is a its a critical part of infrastructure. And so why aren't we seeing that honored? Here is the uh, some guidance on the essential critical infrastructure workforce, and I've blown it up here so that it's very clear to us. It is not just the big ag companies. It's us too. It's homesteaders. It's small family farms. Any food production or even raising animals in the name of food production is all part of our nation's critical infrastructure. And you wouldn't guess that because the mayor of LA is out there turning off your water and your power. But in fact, that is the law. And so with reference to the law and of course the fact that we are a constitutional republic, we've seen these letters going out that say this employee is designated a part of the critical infrastructure and you need to let them roam around and do whatever they need to do regardless of the time of day. Well, first of all, this is a tell that we're going into even more strict of a lockdown, that there will be people to whom, I mean, obviously, if you're being given papers, there are going to be people who are asking you for your papers. So this tells us, first of all, the trajectory we're on, and you've got people like Jeff Bezos warning that things are going to get much worse before they even begin to get better. So given that trajectory, we need to be looking at this, and the fact that it, these letters are only going out from big companies who have been told that they need to, to give this to their employees, well, I don't accept that. I refuse to allow big companies and big ag to take over our food supply. So please draft your own letter that says you are producing food and therefore you are part of your critical infrastructure. Or if you don't want to do that, I have created this letter here, which you can find on iceagefarmer.com slash COVID. And there's a PDF version as well that I've tweeted my Twitter is Ice Age Farmer. And this letter is adapting the language straight from those other companies' workforce authorizations. It references the part of the, of the law that gives us authorization to continue operating so that we can continue growing our own food. You know, use it at your own risk. Hopefully there's never a need. But what we need to do now is grab a letter like this or your own and go out and secure whatever materials you need to grow your own food. I do not accept 
that we are being shut down and taken over by big companies. This is not an acceptable outcome for me, and I will fight it until the end. So you go to your Safeway or your Kroger or whatever you've got near you, and you pick up the one bag of potatoes to which you are now limited because we've entered food rationing already. And you put those potatoes in the ground and you start growing them. Potatoes are the densest, most calorie-rich thing you can you can you can grow, and that's why I put that first on my list. You also look at aquaponics. I've got people asking, I'm in an apartment. How do I grow my own food? You need to look at indoor farming or do this on your balcony or whatever you have available to you. It is an elegant solution to growing food. It can be done in any amount of small space from a little aquarium with just a couple of fish, some plants on top, scaling it up to, you know, these IBC totes that have been cut in half with some expanded clay pebbles in there. It works at any scale that you can afford and it takes no inputs. So the fertilizer shortages that we're experiencing now, because we're not getting it from China, don't affect aquaponics. It's going to keep working as long as you can feed those fish and they will keep feeding the plants. There are tons of great aquaponics videos on YouTube and out there. Rob Bob is like the canonical aquaponician, does tons of great builds, little tutorials. He's got wicking beds, all sorts of fantastic stuff you can learn from Rob Bob's aquaponics. Check out his channel if you're interested in aquaponics. I too have done plenty of tutorials, examples of like this aquaponics system, which is still running three years later, haven't ever had any problems except for a clogged pipe once in a while uh, go in there and get the roots out of there is because plants grow too big so these are great ways to be growing your own food for yourself and your family do not wait any longer if you're not growing your own food now and raising animals that can create protein for you it's time we are in a full-scale food war the food wars are real and they are making their move now under the guise of this virus panic i also am obliged to mention that my Facebook page is being shut down right now because I refuse to give Facebook real-time access to my location. So you're going to need now to make sure that you're accessing my work directly on iceagefarmer.com, which is a privately hosted server. No one can take that away. And I, I will be there. I refuse to go quietly into the night and start eating cockroach milk. That's not, that's not going to happen on my watch. This is the most important information that I can imagine bringing to anyone right now. I think it needs to be shared with everyone out there that we are entering into food scarcity and that we all are a part of our own critical infrastructure of growing our own food. So take that letter, get yourself some potatoes, go to the hardware stores that are open, the big box stores, not the family ones, and get yourself some PVC and a grow table. You can build your own grow table with some pond liner. There, Again, there's a million ways to do aquaponics. There's no one right way. It is both an art and a science. And it's fun, although now it's, you know, the stakes are a little higher than they used to be. The United Nations has just issued a dire warning that we are entering a time of global food shortages. And it's happening now. And we must prepare and help our neighbors figure out what's going on and get our communities in gear right now. The UN, of course, is blaming those pesky nationalists and their protectionist policies for, they're literally calling countries hoarders and saying that's why tens of millions of people are about to starve to death is because of nationalism. Let's take a look. Protectionist policies and shortages of workers could see problems starting within weeks, not the months or years ahead, within days or weeks, is when problems are going to start, according to all of these talking points that have been decimated through different media outlets across the world. And you can tell it's an agenda that's being pushed out. They have green-lighted this agenda. It's moving forward now. They've been talking about it for years, but here we are now. The Fabian Socialists are finally striking. They've been waiting 
and they think this is the time. Quote, the worst thing that can happen is that governments restrict the flow of food, according to the FAO officials, and yet that's exactly what's happening, with Russia as the number one grain exporter in the world, starting to mole export limits and make sure that they have enough food for themselves. They're not the only one. We'll come back to that. And look at the, what the UN says. Quote, all measures against free trade will be counterproductive. It's funny, even though the stakes are so high, just because it's so blatantly globalist pr promoting, promoting in your face, anything you try and do to protect your country will work against your interest. It's almost a direct threat. If you try and save yourself, it's not going to work. And as I said, it's not just the UN putting out this warning. Here from the UK, uh, in The Guardian, fruit and vegetables will run out unless Britain charters planes to fly in 90,000 workers from Eastern Europe. From Bloomberg, the workers who supply the world's food are starting to get sick, and we're being starting to worry about production disruptions. Reading down here, we see that Sanderson was having to shut down because of a virus-positive test case. Smithfield doing the same. These are the biggest producers of protein in the United States. On Friday, beef producers in Canada and Argentina were shutting their doors after more virus cases showed up. In all likelihood, the number of cases will keep going up because they're testing for any coronavirus. It's a totally different issue. At meat plants, farms, warehouses, and packaging factories across the world. In other words, this hoax is being used to shut down food production and continue the war on food. Right? The food wars. That's what's going on here, and that's what they are. Green lighting, full stop, and we're going to starve people out so that we can take total control. This is where we are now, ladies and gentlemen. Here's a bit from Yahoo News, from Reuters. How the coronavirus crisis is affecting food supply. Are we facing food shortages? And it tells you straight to your face. Shoppers are going to have to get used to less selection and to using more local food. Well, that part would be great. That's what we've been encouraging anyway. With many planes grounded and with reefer ships hard to find after the crisis in China, fruit and vegetable suppliers are struggling to get their goods where they're supposed to go. Remember that headline from last time? There's plenty of food in the world, but it's not where we need it to be. And this is going to cause problems. So like I said, there are many, many, many media uh, outlets across the world issuing these talking points, UN warning of global food shortages. Uh, countries are beginning to hoard their own food. Look at the language used there. It's those pesky nationalists. And um, even from Dubai, countries beginning to hoard food, sparking fears of shortages. Is this a wave of food nationalism that will disrupt the food supply chain and the trade flows? No, it's not. Uh, here's a bit of truth, actually, from Reuters. North American farm suppliers are racing this virus spread to try and get ahead of the planting season. Biggest farm suppliers are trying to accelerate their shipments of fertilizers, seeds, and agricultural chemicals and other inputs to the crop-growing regions in an unprecedented race against the virus, which is threatening to disrupt our planting season. The timing could not be worse for farmers who are trying to prepare to plant their crops, but disruptions in each of these things is going to reduce harvests for the United States. And of course, that's I mean, it's not the only weak link in our food supply chain. We see groceries that are being forced to shut down grocers. We've seen meat processing plants and other food processing and meat packers and food distribution all being shut down over fears 
of the virus or, or over a single person testing positive. And other people are just desperately trying to give their workers bonuses and doubling their overtime pay, trying to keep their operations running. But it's not working. They're shutting down more and more. And they'll be forced to. And we see the governor of Oregon even warning that they won't be able to provide basic services in the weeks and months ahead. Well, if that means power and water, then that's going to affect everything. All of these people, all of these links in our food supply chain that keep people fed. And people seem to know that there's a problem here because they are running out to garden supply stores and trying to get these things online. But increasingly, they are finding shelves are empty there too. And the seed shortages that had started are now becoming more pronounced. See groceries and nurseries like this one saying... We're going to be shut down because we just can't operate in these quarantines. Uh, plenty of reports from people who are trying to, as the country falls deeper into the situation, I wanted to plant a garden, but all my local places to buy plants and seeds are shut down. Even online, I can't find anything. Everyone's sold out. So as people are trying to adjust to this new reality, it may be too late. We may have been denied the soft landing that we've been hoping for. And this would be the Zen slap that Anita Bailey often talks about. Prices of food are already skyrocketing, up to 30% for milk, 44% for eggs. This is in the UK, but the situation is similar across the world. Food prices are just jacking up really quickly. And, uh, and it's not looking good for this season ever. We've been getting tons of reports that the, there's still flooding and that the ground is way too saturated to do planting in the US right now. Like this person saying, the flood from 19 is continuing into flood 20, and uh, no plant 2020 is where we are right now. So is it any wonder, then, that countries are starting to say, yikes, maybe we're going to hold on to our corn because the rest of the world is looking pretty bad right now, and we need to be able to feed ourselves going forward. No, it's not a surprise at all um, th that Russia was considering their export bans, that other countries are <laughs> enacting protectionist trade measures. I just don't agree with that language. I think this is common sense. If you see the food shortages, and if the UN starts warning of looming global food supply issues, then of course you stop exporting the food you have, unless you're completely cucked as a country. Um, so yeah, there's plenty of cases in Canada and other countries where they're enacting these, these policies. And we're not talking about like rinky-dink producers here. We're talking about like Argentina, where we saw they were stopping exporting their soy meal, which is one of the, the number one animal feed in the world. This is major producers, major suppliers across the world, and they're shutting down. They're stopping their exports. Now, it's no surprise that the UN is taking this language, this, this narrative, because, as I said, this was the plan. This has been in the script for years, described most recently by George Soros-funded, John Podesta-executed food chain reaction game, which was done hand-in-hand -hand with the events of Event 201, about which I'm sure you've heard by now. And you can see right here, we see the isolated actions of a few can negatively affect many. In other words, those countries with nationalists like Trump, they were doing, trying to protect themselves, but it was they who were responsible for the global food collapse. And again, look at the language here. No one nation or organization can successfully address global food security. That is exactly the globalist language that we saw coming out of the World Health Organization about the virus. Look at it from Dr. Tedros. It's not even a doctor. No one country or organization can stop this outbreak. 
These are the appeals for global government. And as I said, when you look at Event 201, the coronavirus pandemic exercise that Bill Gates did just in November, it talked about farmers getting sick and how that affected the global food supply. Just as in the food chain reaction game, which happened to take place this year in 2020, the food system was under stress from a number of factors and kicked over the edge by an outbreak of disease. There are so many tie-ins between these two agendas, and both of those scripted the pandemic and the global food shortages are now in execution mode. They're, they're being acted on. They've been green-lighted. And here we are. We see the script being followed to a T. And as I've detailed at great length, particularly in my video global food rationing, we went down the IPCC's report of their recommendations. You should be drinking cockroach milk. You should be eating insect protein. You should not be eating meat. You must reduce your food waste. We, they have these points that they want to achieve in their agenda. And those things that are too hard. How do you get people to stop wasting food? How do you get them to start eating bugs? You lock up the pantry for a while. You take away their food until they acquiesce. And that's where we are now. Ladies and gentlemen, it is an uncomfortable reality, and we're going to watch starvation in places we would prefer not to see it. But that is how they intend to push these points of their agenda forward. And I remember taking apart, you look at South Korea, where they've already started taxing people on the food that they throw away. It takes a, a couple different forms, but you can see we had to buy special garbage bins that are priced based on volume. This is why they've been pushing so hard on the blue bin for recycling and the green bin for compost, because you're going to be taxed on these things going forward. Of course, cockroach milk, which I mentioned in my last video, and a lot of people didn't believe me, this is literally the way they want us to be fed going forward. They want us drinking synthetic beverages from cockroach protein. They want us, and they have been funding, billionaires have been putting billions of dollars into ag tech and into insect proteins. These indoor roboticized beetle tofu farms. This is the farm of the future in the eyes of the United Nations and these technocrats. This is how they intend to keep the slaves fed. Robotic farms with insects. It's disgusting. But that's what they intend to do. And there's other things that are squeezing our food supply right now. We see with the ethanol plants shut down, they're not producing any of the DDGs, which is an animal feed. Uh, that's coupled with the fact that, like I said, the soy meal is not being exported by Argentina anymore. So meat producers are being squeezed on all sides. And they're going to be especially hard for this. They're just shutting off the meat. That's how they're going to get people to, to buy the fake meat. They're just going to shut it down. Here's the Argentina. They are enforcing the movement, uh, controlling the movement of farm produce through their jurisdictions. In other words, they're locking down the food supply, which the UN just said was the worst thing that could happen. They're following the script to a T. And as I said, this is one of the uh, the meat packers, Jim Smith 87, who's saying with the soy bean meal prices rising with the DGGs not coming out of the ethanol plants anymore. We have nothing to feed our pigs right now. And with the future is getting slaughtered too, they're just being squeezed as hard as they can. There's no real price discovery going on. It is, as this thread says here, the perfect storm for meat production. And the supply is already showing to be quite thin. From King's 1973, who was a meat packer, saying, all of my frozen meat on the pork side, ribs, butts, loins, it's completely wiped out. It's a huge inventory problem. Chicken, the same thing. All of our frozen supplies are dwindling right now. So they're just going to shut off the meat and then issue your insect protein. And ladies and gentlemen, the way 
that we get around this issue. The only rational response to this, and frankly also the best way to fight this global totalitarian takeover, is to become less dependent on the systems, the systems that are failing anyway. We need to start growing our own food. And if you don't feel like you know how to do that, or like you know how to weather times of global food shortages, if this is all just way too much for you, remember that your ancestors have been through these sorts of things before in the past. You have it in your DNA. You know internally what you need to do to get through this. And it's to become the producer of your own food. Grandma survived these times before we did because she had a local supply chain. She grew her own food and she knew how to store it and keep those inventories up. And she lived with other people that were doing the same thing and they supported each other. If one person had a bad season, don't worry, you have neighbors who are growing their own food too who can help you through. That is the human way. That is the way that we need to move forward is actually to look back at how it's been done in the past. It's important to call out that the Fabian socialists are seizing now. They've been waiting and they think the time is now for their totalitarian takeover. These food shortages are starting now. We must let everyone know We must start growing our own food. I hope you've been saving your seeds already, getting more and more difficult to find them. There are still seed suppliers online where you can still get them. You can still plant your spring garden right now and eke out plenty of calories right now that will help bridge the gap between where we need to be and these supply shortages that are coming right now. I think this is now the biggest hoax that's ever been perpetrated upon humanity. It's right up there with the climate hoax. And indeed, they're they're together. They are one in the same agenda because they're being perpetrated by the same people who want total control. As global temperatures have begun falling off a cliff right now, it's pretty stunning to see that they're actually blaming global cooling on the virus as well and on the fact that CO2 is dropping off. We see scripts here saying, a minor global cooling is possible due to the drop in CO2 since we shut off our industry. So that's actually, they're going to use that as a cover story for the global cooling that we're already enjoying as well. And it's just amazing to see how this is carte blanche for them to say and do anything they want on their march towards global totalitarian government. Ladies and gentlemen, it's hard to believe that against the backdrop of even the New York Times noticing that the food supply chain is completely crumbling right now, that the life support system of civilization is shutting down, and the UN is also warning of a food crisis, of impending global food shortages due to supply chain disruptions. Even against that backdrop, and with Italy deploying armed police to keep the peace at supermarkets where food riots were breaking out. People were getting quite aggressive because they couldn't afford food. They can't even feed their family. And yet, even against all of these things going on, we see governments have made it illegal to purchase seeds so that you can start growing your own food. And it's true that Vermont has literally criminalized the act of selling seeds. They're called non-essential items, and Walmart and Target have all had to shut down their garden centers. Reading down here, the items cannot be sold in person. Among them include home and garden supplies. And the agency went so far as to, to specify that showrooms and garden sections of these home improvement centers, like Home Depot or whatnot, should be closed down 
unless there is a life-threatening emergency. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I would suggest that there is a life-threatening emergency. That's what it means when the UN and governments are putting out messages about impending global food shortages and the inability for us to feed our families. This is a life-threatening emergency. That's why I've been recommending you start growing your own food. It makes me mad when a government stands in the way of your ability to do that. And that's why I lead with that story. As I said, they're not alone. Maryland's regulations also specify that you're not allowed to buy gardening supplies uh, during this stay-at-home order. They're just not considered essential. Can you buy plants and seeds to garden at home? County officials specify no. Ladies and gentlemen, it's not just the United States. In fact, some other places have it even worse. Canada neglected to even add agriculture, the entire industry, to its list of essential practices. It's just unbelievable. Apparently, that's not critical infrastructure. We don't need food, Canada announces. And so the entire sector is warning food prices are going to spike and we'll probably have food shortages unless you let us grow food, which is what agriculture means. Worse yet, Ontario uh, got word that they had specified community gardens needed to be shut down right now. That was part of all outdoor recreational activities that have been closed down, including, quote, outdoor community gardens. These are the kinds of projects that should be flourishing right now. There's a sudden interest in growing food and in making ourselves more self-sufficient and growing local food, but that is being quashed, squashed out by these governments and their lockdown orders. As I said, that this is a life-threatening situation and that we must push back against this complete invasion of our ability to grow food. That is a case where we need to be raising all sorts of issues to whatever city council, whatever level of government you have access to, needs to be hearing about that quite loudly, and you need to be gaining support for that. Even as you do that, I think it's already the case where this is just something where civil disobedience is necessary. No one can tell you that you can't grow food for your family. It crosses the line. Food waste across the world is is reflecting this as well due to other shutdowns. We see from BBC that millions of plants are being thrown away due to the closure of 2,000 garden centers and nurseries. This is not the first time I've talked about nurseries shutting down, but it's not just gardens. It's not just farms and growing food. It's also livestock and animals. I wanted to share this note from Top Knot who's a a supporter of this channel and is also a rancher in Michigan where he raises beef and other things. And according to him, the two largest packing companies in our region have been shut down and there is nowhere for producers to take animals to be processed for meat. We're not sure what to do. It sounds like we're going to have to butcher animals ourselves if we actually want to go forward. This has killed the cattle market in Michigan and this is happening all over. And I've seen lots of examples of this and heard from plenty of other folks, other ranchers that are experiencing the same thing. Sharply lower on cattle markets, all of them. Cows and bulls, fat cattle, calves, yearlings, anything. Box beef cutout values, everything sharply, sharply lower. And I'll tell you what, this coronavirus pandemic is going to break a lot more people than it kills. Twitter is full of reports of this exact same thing going on. Plus, just look at the cattle prices. You can see it there in the market as well. We expect things to get much worse yet and should probably sell the cows for whatever I can get them because it's going to get even worse. It's going to get even harder to unload these cattle. And then separately, I also wanted to call out that he says, I'm now trying to figure out what to do. I've poured my life into these cows and I don't want that to go to waste. And I'm probably going to get out of the cattle business and switch to sheep because this is ridiculous because there's no market 
anymore. So not only, ladies and gentlemen, is there an immediate effect that there is no beef being processed right now, and without beef processors, there are no hamburgers in the stores, but so too then is there a second effect where people are getting out. They're either being broken and going bankrupt, or if they're able to survive this amazing financial and economic storm that we are enduring, we're just starting to see it now, then they just won't work on beef anymore because it's being shut down. And that is wholly aligned with the agenda to shut down all meat production and end animal agriculture, in their own words, and force people onto the lab-grown meat that they've been fantasizing about for years. So please spread this word. This is the plight of many ranchers and farmers across the nation and globally, in fact. But we see, like I said, we see this on Twitter being discussed quite a bit. And then also from the, the, the Packers side, we see Tyson was slowing down by 15% their rate on the assembly line because they have to distance out their people for social social distancing, social isolation. We've already covered that there are many other meat processors and packers shutting down right now, both in the US and abroad. Here's yet another one reported just the other day. And that means that all of these packers are, are either shut down or they're backing up because they're not able to process. This is the reason why there's no market. There's no place for these ranchers to take their meat. All of this points to the global protein shortage worsening, intensifying and an inability to get meat in the future. So stock up now. And again, Bloomberg is sort of pushing this as well. Uproar among workers supplying the world's meat is spreading. But it's not just the meat. We're also seeing egg shortages. The U.S. media is blaming, if if you can believe it, they're actually blaming stress baking because people are stuck at home. And so they're baking cakes to make themselves feel better. And that has put an undue amount of stress on our egg supply chain. Whatever the case may be in the U.K., they're actually saying that they have plenty of eggs, but but they're rotting in their storehouses because, quote, we have an unanticipated egg carton shortage. And that's keeping us from getting eggs into stores. Apparently, quote, the entirety of Europe is supplied by just three egg carton manufacturers. None are in Britain. And the one in Denmark is closed for the next 20 days. And so we've got warehouses full of eggs and lots of people who want to buy them, but we can't get those two connected. And this is just a very interesting and specific case study in this failure of logistics where we've got product and we've got a, a willing, we've got demand for it, but logistics have failed the supply chain itself, not the product even, the supply chain has been dismantled. There are other cases where regulations are still being enforced that are just, they should just be thrown away at this point. LA officials are are shutting down restaurants who, because no one is coming to eat at their restaurants, had taken to this enterprising idea of just putting their produce out on the street and selling it like a market. If you live in Los Angeles, you can't sell food without a permit. So these restaurants were promptly shut down by the Department of Health coming through and saying, no, you're going to have to let this food go to waste. As I said, particularly when we're seeing violence already break out, unrest across Latin America and even in Italy, where the police have been stationed there, armed guards at supermarkets to keep violence from breaking out. Italy is only a few days ahead of the United States in its timeline. And you can see this happening now 
as New York City has uh, reported that there's a huge demand, a surge for food banks. Chicago has already had a third of their food banks shut down because they're oversubscribed. They're out of food. And so they're shutting down. They can't staff them anymore either. New York food banks are being inundated with newcomers deprived of income since the near total halt of business in the U.S. economic capital. And like I said, we're only beginning to get an initial appreciation for how wholly the U.S. economy, the global economy, has been thrown off the rails, just stopped altogether. They are just shutting down the system. Some of these numbers, unemployment may hit 32%, according to the Fed, with 47 million people losing their jobs. There is no returning from that. And as I said, this demand, this is flowing into then a demand for food from the food banks. And ultimately, like Italy and Latin America, will necessarily result in people who can't afford their, to feed their family anymore, spilling out onto the streets and getting upset and probably getting violent. So it's just a matter of time before the U.S. cities erupt in violence, unless there's a drastic change in events. That's just, that's just the vector we're on. That's just the trajectory here. And there's other sad stories about food being wasted for bad reasons, just as the meat supply lines uh, processors have been shutting down or greatly decelerating. So too is this the case with dairy. Many dairy farmers were forced to dump thousands and thousands of gallons of milk, which is, there. I mean, this, this literally, this guy's watching his livelihood drain down the drain right there. It's just one of the saddest pictures you're ever going to see. India as well is being affected by some of these things. The lockdown there has fallen right in the middle of harvest season for teas. From this article, quote, the lockdown was inevitable. We had no other option to prevent the spread of this disease. But the tea production is going to be hit hard, and this will lead to a complete collapse of India's tea industry, the biggest tea industry in the world. It will take time to bring these bushes back to production. Again, you cannot recover from these situations overnight, especially when you're talking about crops and food production. It takes a lot of investment and uh, time to get these systems stood back up. So while you can print more money, you can't print food. And another very telling sign and a concerning sign that comes out of India right now is that their oil refineries are shutting down. They're they're literally running now at 50% of their capacity. It's just like the dairy, just like the meat packers, because they can't get enough seeds oil seeds to turn in to oil at these refineries. Oil refineries across India have reduced their capacity to 50 to 40% due to inavailability of raw materials. Now, again, all of this is playing out against the grand solar minimum. It's just worth calling out and reminding ourselves that the food shortages we're seeing started due to immense crop losses because we're in such a deep minimum of solar activity right now. And we're still there. There have been a couple initial playful sunspots from solar cycle 25, but still that's going to take time to start stabilizing our growing seasons. And just as if to, to prove that point, this morning was one of the coldest April mornings on record across the Balkan, Slovenia, Croatia, Hungary, and Northeast Italy, where they're still struggling with the virus, received terrible frost. It was down to minus five degrees Celsius, which uh, given that these vineyards and fruit plantations have already fruited, causes incredible amounts of loss, up to 100% complete loss in lots of vineyards and fruit plantations. And then, I mean, this answers the question, is our food supply under threat right now? Absolutely. And you must start growing your own food. And if you can't get seeds from your corner hardware store, then there are plenty of heirloom seed providers online and start up your garden. 
So I hope you got the gist of what he was talking about. He's he's really upset about it. This guy does more research than I do, but he specializes in agricultural divisions all over the world. So he sees stuff that I don't see. Anyway, I have his. Uh, I'll, be, I'll be posting his website so you guys can go to it. All right, and you can start getting your own information from him. There's also a an organization that I've been part of for many, 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 many years. It's called Backwoods Home Website. I mean, it's Backwoods Homes is what it is. And I'll have their website posted. They are a homesteading. They're like Mother Earth News used to be. And they have all kinds of information of how to create your homestead, how to work with animals and vegetables in your own garden. I mean, they have all this information and a lot of a lot of uh, recipes while, uh, while you're at it. <laughs> hey, anybody locally, by the way, speaking of Mother Earth News, I have a whole, I have 75 copies of the Mother Earth News from the original publishing when they started. Uh, I have from the third issue on. I think it was 1973. I got them in the store here. If you're interested in them, I, I got them up for sale. Now, here's something else that came out, and I talked about this. I talked about this many times in a different way. Warning comes out. Now, you know, if you can smell something, what do you think you're smelling? Let's say somebody holds up a banana, and you go, oh, I smell a banana. Well, if you break this down into microbiology, the banana is putting off microscopic particles of itself, which are going through the air into your nostrils you're picking up the smell through your sensory applications inside your nostrils and what you're doing is pulling actual particles of the banana into your nostrils it's the same thing in a bathroom if you smell poop well you're actually pulling particles of that poop into your nose and the virologists are warning that's going to get you infected if you can smell it and that person is positive with the Wuhan virus, or for that matter, any virus, well, now you have it. So, when you flush the toilet, close the lid. What happens when you flush the toilet is the water spins. That creates a kind of a vortex, and it throws air out of the toilet, which is the smell. So, you close the lid and flush your toilet. Now, here's something else that they don't have in this article, and I talked about once. Go find yourself, if you can, chlorine pods. These are big tablets, and uh, they're about three inches in diameter, about a th- an inch, inch and a half thick, and you drop them in the tank of your toilet. And what that does is it chlorinates your tank and kills all pathogen in your tank. And then when you flush, that water is pulled into your toilet, it sterilizes your toilet, and it flushes down all of the toxins or bacteria or viruses. It kills it. And it's also good because it gets into the sewer system and it helps sterilize the sewer system on the way to the water treatment plant. Now, I've got a little thing here I picked up from Tucker Carlson. I heard him talking about it. Now, I knew this ahead of time. The United Nations is is made up of communist and uh, anti-American, anti-freedom, anti-democracy countries. The World Health Organization, which is a part of the United Nations, the guy that's head of that is not even a doctor. He's a stooge for China, and uh, Tucker talked about that. 
Tedros Adnum, he's the director general of the World Health Organization, got his job with Chinese support after he covered up cholera outbreaks in his home country, a perfect man to lead the World Health Organization. And he has subsequently set the standard for corruption there. Here he is in January. Watch this. The Chinese government is to be congratulated for the extraordinary measures it has taken to contain the outbreak. The speed with which China detected the outbreak, isolated the virus, sequenced the genome, and shared it with WHO and the world are very impressive and beyond words. China is actually setting a new standard for outbreak response, and it's not an exaggeration. That's the top public health official in the world. And everything you just heard him say there was a lie. A recent 60 Minutes piece from Australia, a piece our media are not playing, shows just how deep the lies go. In fact, there was nothing speedy about how China detected the outbreak and then warned the world. Indeed, they did the exact opposite. From the very beginning, throughout December, it was spreading. And we now know it was spreading human to human. But the official line of the Chinese government was that this was all related to an animal market. And once they closed the market, it would all go away. Did they know differently at that time? Absolutely. Because uh, they were seeing cases coming into the hospitals that had nothing whatsoever to do with that animal market. So the World Health Organization's leadership tells you that China, quote, set the standard for the outbreak to the response. Apparently that standard includes disappearing doctors who tell the truth about it. As China now tries to rewrite history and claim it was transparent all along, a final nail in the coffin of their lie. Just two weeks ago, the head of emergency at Wuhan Central Hospital, Dr. Ai Fen, also went public, saying authorities had stopped her and her colleagues from warning the world. She has now disappeared. Again, why is it left to Australian media to produce a piece like this? The truth is, as 60 Minutes Australia explains, instead of worrying about these developments, in early February, the director of the World Health Organization was still lecturing the public that using terms like Wuhan virus was racist. Having a name matters to prevent the use of other names that can be inaccurate or stigmatizing. You might think that a World Health Organization, a group that got 58 million of your tax dollars last year, might care that a government arrests doctors and lies about deadly new diseases. But no, like so many other organizations, they are lapdogs for the powerful. And that means their real job is sucking up to the Chinese government. Okay, so now we're going to get into the Wuhan virus section. And there's so many things to talk about that I can't keep them in order. So I'm just going to read them and they're not going to be in order. So uh, do your best to figure out what I'm talking about. Let's see. Uh, we've talked about this before. The Chinese culture has no actual understanding, beliefs, or or uh, even conception of what's known as societal responsibility. They don't care about anyone but themselves in, on an individual basis. Now, this is a generality because I have friends that are Chinese. I've met Chinese that would die for you. But these people are not doing nothing more than helping you die. As soon as China told that they, the world they were locking Wuhan down, 3.4 million Chinese poured out of the uh, uh, Wuhan airport. And the majority of them went to California. Name a hot spot of this virus anywhere in the United States, and that's where the rest of them went. 
They carry the virus with them. The Chinese are the carriers, and they've carried them all over the world. Everywhere in the world, everywhere where there's the, the Wuhan virus is really hitting hard, you will find the Chinese are there. Now, this whole concept of how that China didn't have that many people die, I'm going to tell you something. There is a, there's a, or a, a statistical organization, and, and it works with the cell phone companies throughout the world. And it, it's used to tell how many people are on a certain uh, plan, you know, like T-Mobile or Sprint or AT&T or Verizon or something like that. So you can go to this this company's website and you can say, well, there's there's 24.7 million in California that use T-Mobile. And I mean, okay, so you get the idea. From January 1st to now, there are 21 million less cell phone users in China. Now that doesn't mean much to most people when I say that. Because in the United States, you know, it's like, yeah, I hate Verizon. I'm going to throw that phone away and get an AT&T phone. So that would change the statistic, but not in, you know, in China. The, the uh, communist government mandates that every citizen has a cell phone. It's because the Chinese government uses that cell phone to track you, to determine exactly what you're doing. And when I say track, I don't mean just know where you are. They, they know who you're talking to. They know what you're saying. They know what you're texting. They know what you're buying. They know everything. And they also use your cell phone to communicate to you and say, you need to uh, go and pray. Or you need to go and and uh, be everybody be on this street at 9 a.m. because the head... Kabobu is going to come by and everybody needs to wave at him and, and say hi. Okay, so 21 million less cell phone users in China. I would say maybe 10% of that is just normal uh, normal deductions, people quitting the, that service, going to another one. That's 10%. So we're still talking about 18 million, 19 million people. I bet you have died. This is real because... In China, the, the uh, mortuaries are still, to this day, working night and day, cremating bodies. Uh, Alabama and Massachusetts are giving the, the uh, data to the police of who's infected. So that the and and the, their license number, their addresses, and all of that, so they can they put it on their database. And now, if a cop is driving around and he sees your license plate number, he knows you're infected. He can arrest you. Now, this is this makes me sad. The Modesto Frito-Lay factory closes. Now, I, if you've ever gone to the Frito-Lay factory in Modesto, you can do a, 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 a sightseeing tour of it and, and get samples and all this, and I did once, and it was cool. But they closed down because some of the employees started showing the symptoms. How many bags of Fritos did they manufacture before they showed symptoms? I don't know. Needless to say, China has been lying, especially when they have that cell phone count of 21 million less all the news that comes out is phony. All the background stuff that we're finding on the on the uh, dark web is real videos of people dying, of thousands of bodies being buried. This is all, we're getting all of this from governments who are lying. The thing is, and this is, this is standard operating procedures, no government wants to tell their enemies uh, that uh, they just lost thousands or millions of their people because it makes the government look weak. And everybody is the enemy of China. To a, to a communist, everybody who's not communist is your enemy, just like a Muslim. If you're not Muslim, you're their enemy. And in China, all they do is lie. Every single th- word out of their mouths is lying. And it's just getting worse and worse. And people, the stupid thing is, people believe them. 
new the New England Patriots owner got a deal in China for a million N95 masks. So he flew the company plane to China, picked up a million masks and brought them back. What I want to know is, are they going to do a test on them to make sure they're not already infected? Probably not. And then we'll notice healthcare workers starting to die more and more and more. This is almost like it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. People are doing the things to make damn sure they get infected. In England, the National Health Service is warning all doctors and nurses, do not wear your scrubs outside. Do not wear your, your name tag outside. People are starting to mug them and rob them because they want the uh, name tags. Because a lot of the restaurants and stores are giving free food to uh, doctors and nurses. So they're being warned, don't don't walk out with your ID, with your ID on. And th- those of you who went to Costco before Costco started to limit purchases and bought like 5,000 toilet paper rolls and 200 cases of bottled water, well, people are starting to try and return those. So Costco said, nope, you got it. We're not taking any returns back from you whatsoever. Well, there's an article here where the sheriff, Los Angeles County Sheriff, decided to to close all gun stores, and then he decided to not close gun stores, and then he decided to close them, and then not close them. Well, at, at the behest and pushing of the NRA and most sane humans in America, Trump came out and said that gun stores are critical infrastructure. They're to be left open. Now, gun stores here in Coeur d'Alene closed uh, because... Everybody has their guns. I had a good bumper sticker years ago. It said, real Americans already have their guns. So the gun stores here closed uh, for, for sale, because for resale, because uh, there's no firearms available. Pawn shops have guns. You can go to pawn shops and you can find some guns. Now, there's some, tests, there's some doctors that are using a, a cocktail of drugs that is really working. And it's curing people. And it's not... Uh, it's not... It's not hard. It's not rocket science. Hydroxychloroquine, 200 milligrams twice a day for five days. Azithromycin, 500 milligrams a day for five days. And zinc sulfate, 220 milligrams once a day for five days. That's curing people, even the ones that are that are on uh, oxygen. You see? And this is zinc. They're using zinc with it. Uh, zinc disrupts the 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 viruses protein capability for duplication unfortunately our military is getting hit with this virus boot camps are getting hit with this virus this can really screw up our capability to handle any kind of aggression well the netherlands just recalled 600,000 defective masks sent from china there's another country here's something that's really sad and this is an example of of the millennials and of the uh what they would call the Generation Z because they're too stupid to live past this generation. And I've seen more than just one of these. I've seen a couple dozen, unfortunately. A UK teen committed suicide because she couldn't handle not being able to socialize with her friends. Uh, Representative Nydia Velasquez tested positive for for the Wuhan virus and she had just been with uh, Nancy Pelosi. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I, we get shipping here in Survival Enterprises. You don't know how many people touch those boxes. You, you have no clue. Literally, you have no clue. 
there is an article here talking about sanitizing Amazon boxes and other shipping boxes. Let me tell you what we do here. When UPS or FedEx or whoever brings boxes, we have them put them in the in the shipping department about three feet apart. And Eric has a spritzer bottle, you know, a good-sized one, with colloidal silver in it. And he sprays all sides in the top and lets it sit for about 15 minutes, then stands them up and sprays the other side and lets that sit for another 15 minutes. In laboratory testing, it didn't take more than six minutes for colloidal silver to kill anything, everything. But this is what we do. We have our colloidal silver. We put it in a spritzer bottle. We spray the boxes down with it, and we let it sit. And I mention this because so far, six Amazon warehouses have been infected and closed. Now, the sad thing that's happening in Italy and Spain and Iran and every country, every country that's being really hit hard, is the doctors are having to decide who's going to live and die. Because you can't, if you don't have medicine, you're going to have to be put on a forced breathing apparatus. That's how, that's all it is. And if you don't have enough of those units, you're just going to have to let somebody die. Oh, the transvestites in in the uh, world, (laughs) mostly the United States, are really mad now because all elective surgery throughout the United States has been canceled. And these transvestites want to be, uh, what do you, whatever they do, tuck it under, fold it over, whatever, you know, they want to have an operation. So there's a bunch of uh, sexual psychotics really pissed off in the U.S. now. A really sad thing happened in Washington State at a church uh, earlier this month. And I'm, they should have used some common sense. The Skagit Valley Coral uh, in Mount Vernon in Washington, and it's a little north of Seattle, they held their meeting and they were practicing singing, doing choir practice. Dozens of them have now fallen ill. Two have died. And this was in direct opposition to uh, the rules that have been ordered by the governor of, of Washington. I, you know, again, I'm sorry to hear this, but this disease is being passed by stupid, by people who think that they aren't part of this they can be exempt from it. Oh, by the way, there's a warning from lawyers, of all things. Now, if you're going to work from home, you know, those Amazon Alexas or these dots or these these voice communication systems that you use, say, Alexa, uh, play the Pink Floyd or play the Moody Blues. You know, or how do you spell Excelsior? These things you talk to, you need to turn them all off because... And this is not a tinfoil hat wearing subject now. This is real. They all listen to you and they all record what you're saying. So if you're working from home and you you say anything that has to do with your work, it's being copied. So you've just violated uh, security for you and your business. I, I wouldn't have any of those in my house anyway. One of the things, and doctors are doing the research on this, and I talked about this, and Cliff High talked about this, and here's, a, here's an article on it. The risk of infection of this Wuhan virus can be reduced by taking vitamin D. So you have vitamin D, you have zinc, you have oregano oil, you have colloidal silver, you have all of these things that you can take that'll help stave off the virus. You need to, take, to do everything you can. All right, now we're getting into the, uh, let's see here, the government threat. This, is, this category is things that, that can... Uh, causes problems. The government right now is doing everything they can. And I mean all governments, city, county, state, federal. They're doing everything they can to suck as much power 
and civil rights away from us as they can. Bill Gates has called for a digital ID or certificate to prove that we've had the vi- the uh, inoculation when it ever becomes available. And he wants to use a, a, a tattoo on the arm. You get that? You know, right on the back of the hand. Google is releasing to individual states, law enforcement, notifications if people are supposed to be in lockdown and they're moving. They're out and about. Google is, is uh, letting the law enforcement know. You know, Fred's supposed to be locked down. And he's in Coeur d'Alene. He's not supposed to be moving. Yet I see him in Sandpoint. Oh, look, now he's in uh, Seattle. Okay, there's a bill coming out. It's called an earn it. It's called earn it. It is the government's plan to scan and copy every single... And, and I don't know why they have to have a bill for it. It's already being done. And now this proves that there's nothing different between Republicans and Democrats on the Hill. Senator Lindsey Graham and Richard Blumenthal, two of the biggest of in each of their parties, want to uh, force all communications online to be able to be understood by the law enforcement. In other words, they want to ban encryptions. You're not going to be able to encrypt anything. You're not going to be able to send communications to people that, that can't be decrypted by law enforcement. It, I'll have a link to it. You can go look at it and get disgusted all on your own. You don't need me. People that are studying at home, the kids that are studying at home right now, this is a massive, massive download of your personal data. All big tech companies are going crazy now. They're downloading all the data from all of the kids and, and parents who are working online. This is big. This is monstrous. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I can't even I can't even comprehend the areas that I have to cover for people to understand what's going on with this. Well, there's there is a representative named Hank Johnson. Hank Johnson he's a congressman. He's a wacko. You know they have one minute speeches uh and they have these different speeches that you can do in, in the Senate and in the House. And these people can get up and talk for a minute, five minutes. Uh, you, And he decided to put forward a bill. This is the most massive gun control bill in history. This is Hank Johnson. Ensure access to helium for all. What do you do when the wolf is crying out? Well, actually, barking out, there being no helium for comedian. What have you done for me lately? What happens when you put in a cage fight a giant in with a midget? The use of the midget, uh, excuse me, the use of the M words. When you put a quarter in the pocket of a rich man, then there's a hole in that pocket and it trickles down. The quarter falls out into nickels and dimes. Hank Johnson is a U.S. representative of Georgia. Hank Johnson and I both graduated from the same law school. However, Hank and I do not share the same positions on the Second Amendment. I'm a 2A advocate who works to protect the Second Amendment. Hank Johnson is a 2A hater who is actively working to destroy the Second Amendment. Hank Johnson has filed H.R. 5717 titled the Gun Violence Prevention and Community Safety Act of 2020 in the U.S. House. As innocuous as the name sounds, 
Calling this bill the Gun Violence Prevention and Community Safety Act is like calling Hitler's autobiography the beautiful struggle of a man who wants to save the world. This bill reads literally like a destroy the Second Amendment manifesto. Universal background checks and a seven-day waiting period that's basically a backdoor gun registration? Check. Banning the sale of firearms and ammunition to anyone under the age of 21, even though you can fight and die for your country, get married and forced to pay taxes at age 18? Check. Ban nearly every semi-automatic rifle in the country? Check. Ban standard capacity magazines? Check. Red flag laws that deprive you of your due process? Check. 30% tax on guns and 50% tax on ammo? Check. Safe storage requirements that make being able to use your gun in a self-defense situation so complicated that you might as well not have a gun? Check. Ban on suppressors that protect your hearing? Check. More gun-free zones that make it easy for mass shooters to kill a bunch of people unopposed? Another check. Ban on buying more than one gun a month? Another check. These lunatics literally aggregated every major anti-Second Amendment gun control law and put it in this bill. This is insane, but it gets worse. They want to make it illegal for anyone to not only buy a gun, but ammunition without a license from the government. Here's how you know these people are anti-Second Amendment. They want a national license to buy a gun, But when it comes to concealed carry, they don't want your concealed carry license to work in other states. What's even worse is what they require you to do to get the license. You have to be at least 21 years old, complete training in firearm safety that includes a written test to demonstrate knowledge of applicable firearm laws, a hands-on test that includes a firing test to demonstrate safe use of a firearm. Now, I can hear all of the fence sitters saying, well, you know, that doesn't seem so bad. I actually think that's a great idea. Oh, really? Now ask yourself this question. How the hell are you supposed to take a live firearm test in order to buy a gun if you don't already have a gun? That's the whole point of this bill. It's not designed to take away guns tomorrow. It's designed to take guns away in a generation. If you don't already have a gun, you can't buy one under this bill as it is currently written. And even if you could, let's not forget the smorgasbord of other gun control laws in this Mein Kampf bill of eradicating the Second Amendment in one generation. They are using the chaos of the beer flu to push this thing through. And like I said before, as a Second Amendment advocate, we do not get to rest because we're trying to protect the castle and they're constantly trying to tear it down brick by brick. So make sure you reach out to Congress and let them know how you feel about this bill. I don't want to use the term wacko, uh, but I will. The, the The problem we have here is that this Hank, is he is wacko, but what does that say about the people that keep voting people like him in? All governments, and I, I'll say it again, city, county, state, federal, all governments, all agencies are trying to, they're fighting now for as much power over us as they can get. So let me get this straight. Churches are not essential, but abortion clinics are essential during this coronavirus lockdown, and Democratic politicians never let a crisis go to waste. You think Democrat politicians aren't using the coronavirus crisis to grab power? Okay, let's take a look. New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio threatens to close churches and synagogues permanently in violation of the First Amendment of the United States Constitution. De Blasio also threatens to fine citizens $500 if they walk near each other on the street. Even the ACLU is crying foul over civil liberties. Weeks ago, de Blasio said COVID-19 is a case for nationalization of private industry. He means a government takeover of our economy. The mayor of Chicago threatens to arrest people going for walks. 
The mayor of Washington, D.C. threatens 30 days in jail if you leave your home for anything but groceries. The mayor of Los Angeles, Eric Garcetti, threatens to shut off water and power to businesses who don't comply with his mandatory lockdown order. You have to wonder, when will he wield that same threat against private citizens who don't do what he says? What gives them the right to do this? Nothing. And it's not just authoritarian abuse of power. No, no. You think Democrat politicians and partisan media pundits aren't exploiting this COVID-19 outbreak to push their radical leftist agenda? Let's walk through this, too. The New York Times editorial board says COVID-19 is a great case for taxpayer-funded abortions. Democratic Congresswoman Ilhan Omar says the government should take over private hospitals. Bernie Sanders says the only solution to COVID-19 is a socialist-style government-run health care system like Medicare for All. Nancy Pelosi tried to throw in abortion provisions in the coronavirus stimulus package in Congress. The sheriff of Wake Forest, North Carolina, banned all pistol sales due to, quote, unprecedented demand for weapons in his county. The governor of Pennsylvania, Tom Wolf, shut down gun stores in his state with an emergency order, only to revoke the order after widespread backlash. The governor of New Jersey, Phil Murphy, banned gun stores from staying open and shut down background checks, effectively stopping law-abiding citizens from having the ability to purchase firearms and exercise their Second Amendment rights. The mayor of Los Angeles, Eric Garcetti, also tried to shut down gun stores until the outcry from citizens forced him to declare that gun shops are essential businesses and therefore allowed to remain open. The mayor of Champaign, Illinois, signed an executive order giving herself the power to stop sales of firearms and ammunition. At the time she signed that order... Her county had zero cases of COVID-19. The mayor of San Jose, California, admitted they just don't want people to be buying guns. Democratic Congresswoman Ayanna Pressley wants prisoners to be released from prison. California Governor Gavin Newsom actually did release convicts from prison, including convicted murderers whose victims were children and a pregnant woman. Police in cities across the country, from Philadelphia to Cincinnati to San Diego, are not enforcing the laws in their states anymore refusing to arrest people who commit crimes like all narcotics offenses, theft from persons, retail theft, theft from auto, burglary, vandalism, all bench warrants, stolen auto, economic crimes like bad checks and fraud, phone harassment, assault where there's no injury, and prostitution. COVID-19 is scary, and we need to take all reasonable measures to stop the spread of the virus. Of course, nobody's denying that. But as Benjamin Franklin once said, those who would give up essential liberty to purchase a little temporary safety deserve neither liberty nor safety. In other words, be careful that you don't give away your freedom in fear or else our cure for COVID-19 might be worse than the disease itself. Now, if I was an alien floating around the planet, just watching everything that's going on down here, what I would see would be a virus that was created in China, I'd look down and say, okay, yeah, that virus, but it's it's made to to attack Asian RNA. Why would they do that? And then I would see that the government in China say, hey, there's this deadly disease, disease out here in China, and we're going to lock down the borders in a couple days, so, so uh, just be ready. Well, what that means is run like hell. So millions and millions and millions of infected people leave the, the, the country and they go back to all the countries that they go to, which would be United States, Italy, Spain, every country on earth the Chinese are in. And now the infected Chinese are in. So they're infecting everybody in those countries. 
And the people in those countries are going crazy because the politicians will do what they always do, which is try and suck as much power from everyone else. So they have to put us under control. Well, that destroys the economy. That weakens the people in the United, in those countries, and specifically in the United States. And it's bringing us to our knees. And the disease is spreading because people generally are stupid. And they will do stupid things. And they'll have a justification for it. And the next thing you know, five people out of a seven-member uh, seven family die from the disease because they said, to hell with you, we're, we're have, having a pizza night. I don't know. But I'm looking down, I'm looking at all of this stuff. My thought would be, well, they're going to invade. There's going to be a war. Because when they bring your enemy, when you bring your enemy to his knees is when you want to invade. This is something that I have been looking at. And so have a lot of other people. And there are things that are occurring that only occur only when there's about to, when we're about to go to war. And this is all countries do the same thing. The first thing they do is they activate all of their military reservists. Trump activated a million military reservists. The Pentagon has ordered all high-level staffers into deep underground bunkers. This is for continuity of government. I mean big time. 2,000 deep bunkers. Just put them into it. And the Secretary of State has just ordered all Americans living overseas to return to the U.S. immediately. Ordered. Not said, come on. They ordered. He ordered them. These three things. Then you add the fact that China is, is pushing its so-called might around the oceans of the planet. A couple days ago, China had a nationwide mil, uh, missile drill. They didn't launch missiles. All they did was check on the capability of all of the equipment, made sure it was still functioning right. This is nationwide. So they literally are setting themselves up for war. There are a lot of things happening right now which would... Uh, if I was part of it, not the alien floating around in space watching these idiot humans, would scare the crap out of me. Iran just set missile launchers all through the Straits of Hormuz. Now, the Straits of Hormuz is the bottleneck where the oil tankers all have to pass from the Middle East. There are a lot of things occurring worldwide that would lead one to believe that Warfare of one type or another is about to break out. Will it be civil war in Italy or Spain? Will it be civil war in the United States when the government says, hmm, we haven't made them victims enough. We've got to destroy more than just their income, but now there will. Is that going to be it? Is there is there something, another camel's back out there, a straw to lay across the camel's back? Uh, I don't know. I'm sure there is. But as the Ice Age farmer said, it's coming down the road because the food supply is being negated. Have you ever heard of the Georgia Guidestones? And this, my brother mentioned this, and I'm thinking to myself, oh crap, because I talked about it when they were first uh, discovered. The Georgia Guidestones, these literally are in the United States. They're in a uh, uh, Albertan, Georgia. Okay, it's not a big deal. These things were put there quite a while back. The company that manufactured them had a guy come in who used a pseudonym, 
and said, I want you to manufacture these. Cost is no problem whatsoever. You make these is exactly, do exactly what I say. Uh, his name was R.C. Christian, he claimed. And he claimed that he worked for a organization of Christians. So these giant platforms, these plates, were written in eight different languages. English, Spanish, Swahili, Hindi, Hebrew, Arabic, Arabic, <laughs> Arabic, Chinese, and Russian. And what they had on them, you'll recognize it if you think a little bit. But it basically it had 10 rules. One, maintain humanity under 500 million in perpetual balance with nature. And one could look and say, well, it looks like they're trying to push that right now. Two, guide reproduction wisely, improving fitness and diversity. Well, Hitler tried that too. Three, unite humanity with a living new language. Now, what does that mean? Wipe out all languages? Four, rule passion, faith, tradition, and all things with tempered reason. Five, protect people and nations with fair laws and just courts. Six, let all nations rule internally, resolving external disputes in a world court. Seven, avoid petty laws and useless officials. Eight, balance personal rights with social duties. Nine, prize truth, beauty, love, seeking harmony with the infinite. Ten, be not a cancer on the earth. Leave room for nature. Leave room for nature. You can drive right up to him, walk around him, look at him. Somebody knocked him down once and then some idiot decided to fix him. But these Georgia Guidestones... They literally sound to me as if Satan himself walked into the concrete company and said, this is what I want you to put on there. This is 19 feet tall. This is not a small thing. So they want to kill everyone off, whoever they are, uh, and keep no more than 500 million. You know, there are so many science fiction stories out there that these things were done in there. Guide uh, reproduction wisely, improving fitness and diversity, which means wipe out all the races except one, basically one race, and that race would be a mixture of all other races. Make a Tower of Babel. (laughs) One language. Well, that's great. You know, I I mean, I, I don't mind being able to understand what the hell somebody else is saying, but as in Star Trek, you should have a universal translator stuck in your ear. You know, I mean, who knows? But the rest of all of this is nothing more than a communist utopia. And when I, my brother asked me, he said, all of this that's happening, all of this that's going on. He goes, Kurt, have you ever heard of the Georgia Guidestones? (laughs) That's what I said. Yes, I have. I've heard of that. I have heard of that. Yeah, I'm getting kind of petered out here. Uh, We've been hammered here at Survival Enterprises. People are... People are buying stuff now because they, they can't get it anywhere else. There's The supply chain is shutting down for all kinds of things. We are now out of our food tablets. We are now out of our heirloom seeds. I might have a couple cans left. Good luck trying to find any. The information I've got is that Walmart, Home Depot, and Lowe's, literally, I've had reports in the past four hours are not selling seeds. Now, I, I'm going to have to find this out myself. I don't see why they would, they would uh, a corporate policy of closing down the seed sales. Basically, people are out there now saying to themselves, you know, I, I better stock up on food. Maybe I better stock up on this. Maybe I better stock up on that. 
and they're finding out it's too late. And this is what I have been telling people for years. You're going to hit a point where it's too late. You have to think ahead. Everybody out there, everybody listening to me, everybody not listening to me, you know as well as I what happens. You're going along doing whatever you do, and something says to you, you need to go you know, buy a case of canned meat or a case of green beans. Or you will see at the food ads, and it says tuna, 59 cents a can, and you think, maybe I had to go buy a dozen of those. That's God saying, do it now. When you get the thought in your mind that, it's, that, that you should do something, you're a fool if you don't do it right then. Because you're being told to do it because it's going to get to a point where you can't do it. So it'll be too late. My, I got some suggestions for you. You go, you buy whatever you can. If you can buy beans, you go buy them. You, if you can buy rice, you go buy it. If you can buy canned beef, canned chicken, canned turkey, you go buy it. You buy protein sources, peanut butter. You buy food that will store for a while. You get as much as you can. You know, you can always do it and justify it like this. Well, let's see. I use X amount of cans of tuna a year, X amount of jars of peanut butter, X amount of packages of spaghetti. I I use all of this stuff in a year. So I might as well go buy it right now. Then I don't have to go shopping again. And if you did, it cost you a pretty penny. But guess what? You'd have all of that food sitting there. And you are going to eat it anyway. The term better safe than sorry has more important nowadays than ever in your life. The ability to buy something at will is going to be changing. It's changing right now all over the world. And uh, definitely in the United States. Car manufacturers, and by the way, any of you want to buy a new vehicle, you can get a hell of a deal and they'll even finance you no interest for like eight years. Of course, I can't, you know, I was thinking, you know, I could use a new truck. And then I started looking at the cost of new trucks. Just a simple three-quarter ton. Do you know they want fifty, sixty thousand $60,000 for the damn thing? You know why? Unions. They're making $50 an hour. So the car company's got to do something to get the money back. And because the Americans have had, until now, way more discretionary funds to spend than at any time in history. So people were buying anything they wanted. They weren't saving the money. Why? Why would I save my money? I can buy a new toy to play with. Before all of this happened, I'm, I'm sitting here doing my research and I'm noticing a trend. And this is last year. I'm noticing a trend in the economic forecasts where they started warning that, you know, things are going good, but Americans aren't saving money. Americans don't have enough money put aside for an emergency situation. Very few Americans have over $300 in the bank. Very few Americans have $1,000 in savings or or $1,000 in cash. Every week I see a little bit of that. And I, I started to think to, to myself... What? Who's coming up with these things? And they seem to have a little bit. Each week, they say something like that. And basically, what they were saying was, economically, Americans are not prepared. You're going to lose your house. You're going to lose your car. I have told people for years, the only job security you have is between your ears. It's you. If you work for somebody else, you will never have job security. You have to create your own income stream. A lot of people have listened to me. A lot of people take the path of least resistance, which is get hired by somebody. And then next thing you know, oh, I have had guys all the time, yeah, they're not going to fire me, I'm union. Boom, out of business. Out of business. So we have union plumbers up here that are used to making $75 an hour or $50 an hour, and now they're, they're making unemployment, whatever the unemployment is. 
and the Democrats come out and say, we'll send you $1,200, okay? That'll make you happy. $1,200. There are so many people up here in northern Idaho that have no job. They just shut down. They just they come to work and it's shut down. And then government keeps coming up with different ideas. And I say government, I'm talking state or city. They keep coming up with different ideas of how they have to, how they, if they want to stay open, they have to do certain things. I went to my physical therapist and I have to sign in. There's a yellow tape six feet from the countertop. And I go, I'm walking up to the countertop to the clipboard to sign in. She goes, no, 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 get back behind the tape. I go, what? Okay, so I'm behind the tape now. Now what? Well, you got to sign in. I looked at her. I didn't say it. I said, well, I, I wanted to say, what are you, an idiot? Do my arms look six feet long? But I didn't say that. Instead, I said, I, I can't reach the damn thing. What are you kidding me? So one of the girls says, just throw it at him. He can catch it. And I said, okay, so you don't want to hand me the clipboard, but I'm going to sign it. And then you want me to set it over here on the counter on the side. Okay. And then what do you do with it? Well, we'll come out and get it. Well, why the hell don't you just let me hand it to you? This is the insanity. The sheep out there will follow insane rules because they're sheep. Unfortunately, I'm not a sheep. So I'm the guy that gets, I'm the, I'm the off-centered washing machine that starts vibrating. And after a while, it vibrates bad enough so the washing machine starts walking across the floor. That's who I am. And that's what you need to be. But then again, you know what? Some people can justify being a coward. They can justify being a sheeple. A sheeple. Sheep people. They can justify that. Well, I got a family. All right, so you're going to teach your family to be cowards. You're going to teach your family to be weak. You're going to teach your family that might makes right. You're going to teach your family that you're a coward. We have to start standing up for what we know is right. Yes, there's a virus out here, but I can tell you right now it's going to disappear if we go to war. It's just literally, it's going to disappear. And then years later, people are going to start wondering, whatever happened to that Wuhan virus? I forgot about that. Someday, somewhere, someone is going to find out all of the truth, not just parts of it. But until that happens, you and I need to survive. We need to do what we need to do so that we can keep our, ourselves and our family safe and fed. The things that you can do, store food. Of course, I've never said that, have I? Store food. Make sure you have a filtration system for water. Just in case. Do what you can. Pay attention to what's going on out there. Starting next show, I'm going to... Next show, I'm going to be talking about how to package your foods for long-term storage. Because people are going to be buying stuff and it's going to go bad. They're not thinking. People don't know. They just know that they need to have food. So they'll go out and they'll buy... I don't know. They'll go, they'll go out and they'll buy 100 pounds of beef and 100 pounds of chicken. And they just take the packages and shove them in their freezer. And within a month, there's going to be freezer burn on that stuff, which means it's going to be garbage. Or they're going to buy rice and beans in the bags and stick them down in the basement and forget about them for six months to a year. And by that time, they're, they're so solid that you're never going to cook those beans. So there's ways you have to repackage stuff. Uh, there's different equipment you can buy right now, as far as I know. Things change fast. Supplies disappear fast. And that's what they want. They want you to be a victim and to be under the control of the government. Quote, unquote, the government. I'm also going to do shows on weaponry. 
and I'm going to teach you about battle weapons, hunting weapons, self-defense weapons, things like that. I want everybody to be as safe as they can be. I don't want you to do anything stupid, unless, of course, that's what you think is necessary to get somebody's attention. Try not to get in trouble, but don't let people push you around. That's something that my family learned and agreed on years ago. If you push us around, we're going to push back. Well, you guys, you keep your nose in the air and your ear to the ground. You know what that means? It means simple. You know, you could tell if there's a group of people coming after you. In the woods, you can always smell their smoke. And in Vietnam, you could smell the people. So that's why you keep your nose in the air. And the ear to the ground was simple. You lay down on the ground, put your ear onto it, and you can actually sense vibration of movement. You can tell if something's coming. You can tell if it's a rider, if it's somebody running. You can tell if it's a herd of animals. You can tell if it's a car. You can tell, and this is miles away. You can feel this on the earth. Find a a dry spot on the dirt, brush off as much dirt, and put your ear down on there, and you will be surprised what you can hear. And that's why I say, keep your nose in the air and your ear to the ground. Don't let them catch you napping. Be aware. This stuff is changing fast, so you're not going to have a lot of time to evaluate the situation. Just realize, if you need something, get it now. If something clicks in your mind and says, you know what, you better get this done now, that means do it now. It's a magical thing. God says, here, I'm giving you this thought. Now let's see what you do with it. Well, his, his, the trick is he's telling you now because that's, now when, that's when you need to do it. All right, if you want to place an order with us, now remember, right now, because of the screw-ups with the credit card, you're going to call 800-753-1981. It's 800-753-1981. You give Angie or Eric your check. And you can do this. You give the routing number. You give the account number. And then you would give a check number, whatever is in your register, you give that check number. And then we just, we use a program the bank gave us that prints up the check and deposits it. It's 100% secure. You know, I don't know if you guys know this. None of your data in any way, shape, or form is on any cloud. We've had, we've been in business 35 years. Not one of our customers' credit cards have ever been compromised. Your information is not on any cloud. Your information is not on a network. Your information is not on a computer. Your information is on a non-network storage device, which is with us 24-7. People can come into the uh, store and they can steal our computers. They're not going to get anything. Just the programs. Everything else is hidden. So everything you do with us is 100% safe. We have better security at Survival Enterprises than the Department of Defense. Unfortunately, that's not saying much but uh, because the Department of Defense is hacked on a daily basis. But we, we've never been hacked. We've had people try. Never worked. All right. Try this time to remember. Uh, yeah, you've got a lot of things. Go to se1.us. Go to survivalenterprises.com. You've got a lot of things to look at. You want your immune system built up as much as possible. So take nutritional products. I don't care where you buy them, but take them. Eat right. Don't drink crap. Don't eat crap. Stop smoking. That is the big thing that compromises the immune system, and you'd be number one to get hit. Well, maybe number two. And then I'll have posted on the website that four-minute exercise or exercises. My customer comes in and shows it to me and says, this is easy. Go do it. I didn't believe it until I did it. 
Anyway, this is the Armchair Survivalist signing off.